Hello there. In this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I shall be driving a car that when you press the start-stop button makes this sound. Hmm. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and the car which makes that distinctive series of tones when it starts up is the Hyundai Ionic Hybrid. Yeah, a car I've driven before on Gareth Jones on Speed. As you know, I went to the launch of the Ionic range in Liverpool a year and a bit ago, something like that, and enjoyed the car then. But driving a car on a launch is very different to driving a car in the real world. And I've been driving this Ionic in the real world for the last 24 hours since it was delivered to my house. I've been beetling around London in it, feeling very smug, I have to say, rather like the smug people who drive Priuses in South Park, because of course being a hybrid, a lot of the time it runs on electric power and reduces the amount of emissions because of that, which as a Londoner, as you know, a city dweller, a 21st century man, is very important. Now, the story as to why I've got this car is a slightly complex one. The lovely people at Hyundai, who are terrific with me, I have to say they are very proactive and they call me up and offer me cars rather than me having to ask and when that happens you're bound to respond and they called me up and they offered me the i30N which is a very exciting sort of Ford Focus ST kind of thing. I thought, yes, please, I'll have that, definitely. In fact, I've got a trip I have to make in a week and a bit. Could I have it for them? Oh, yes, let's just check, and they check the availability, and unfortunately, the car wasn't available for the period when I was able to go out and drive it. So they said, well, never mind, you can have one of the other exciting cars from our range. But unfortunately, the only cars that they offered are either cars which I'd driven before, or I didn't think were that exciting. But I do remember being impressed with the Ionic when I drove it on the launch. I thought, well, maybe I was just suffering from launch euphoria, but perhaps another opportunity to drive that car would tell me how good it is. I had a choice, actually, between the Ionic Hybrid and the Ionic Pure Electric. And the journey that I'm doing today is 270-something miles from North London to Conwy, top left-hand corner of Wales. And the Ionic Pure Electric has a range of about 175 miles, they say. But is that at motorway speed? Pure electric cars go much further at lower speeds. So you could probably do 175 miles if you're travelling around about 30 miles per hour. But if you're doing motorway speed, 60, 70 miles per hour, that range comes down. Which means on a trip to North Wales, I would certainly have to recharge once, possibly even twice. And I'm still nervous about the recharging network. I don't have range anxiety, I have recharging anxiety. As you know, I made the trip to North Wales, well, actually to Liverpool, same part of the world more or less, 
all those scousers and Welsh people might argue that. I made that trip in an electric car a few years ago, and that was something like nine or eleven hours, I forget now, because many of the electric charging points that I visited, expecting to be able to recharge, were out of operation. So I ended up on a flatbed being carted to another charging point and disappointed a second time, which is why that journey was so long. So this time I thought, oh, can I risk it? I know we're a few years down the line now and that charging infrastructure is much improved, but I still had that slight nervousness. So I thought, I'll go with the hybrid because that's probably the choice most people would make. Because whilst we do an awful lot of driving around in cities and electric cars are perfectly adequate for that especially if you've got to drive at home and you can recharge at home but if like me you live in inner city London you don't have a driveway and you can't drive at home you're relying on local street charging points and rapid chargers on the motorway hello that's the car proximity warning telling me as I changed lane from the left hand lane to the centre lane that there was a car overtaking on the right hand lane I'm still coming to terms with the driver aids on this car it bleeps and burps at me whenever there are cars around and it does have <coughs> sorry I'll come down and knock Dave it does have rudimentary driver assistance lane keeping in fact I could take my hand off the steering wheel for a moment and it will keep me in this centre lane as I pass this network rail transit although it does sit a little close yes I know I need to put my hand back on the steering wheel it does sit a little close to the left hand side of the lane rather than sit in the middle of the lane also it has automatic braking if you're on adaptive cruise but as I discovered earlier on that if it's on cruise it will come off cruise it will give you lots of bleeping you put your foot on the brake it won't automatically completely brake and stop you from crashing into the car in front of you but the second that you lift off the brake even before you put the throttle pedal it will start to creep forward and would happily crash into the car in front yes it's seen the line yes it, okay not quite sure whether it's in full autonomy or well the fullest level of autonomy it offers or I've got to be driving this car at the moment which is something I've experienced before with Volvo you know am I driving this car or are you driving that car that's the question all right I'm going to engage cruise set it for 70 miles per hour because I'm on an open clear bit of motorway and see how it copes with that for a while so this is going to be a journey of exploration it's not the driver's car I was hoping to have to drive around the glorious roads of North Wales but having driven in London for a couple of days it's a good car for city use and being a hybrid yes I know I've got to put my hand back on the steering wheel and being a hybrid it will hopefully be economical on the stop start trip to North Wales but knowing my luck I'm going to get on the motorway and find it completely clear so the energy recovery system won't be able to do its thing and that's 
optimize any loss of energy under braking and redeploy it under acceleration so we'll see we'll see oh and also while i'm up in north wales i've got a place to visit which works on some very old cars and cars about as long way from the modern semi-autonomous hybrid that i'm in now but also very 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 interesting but more on that over this trip over the next few days hope you enjoy it with me right let's learn about this car on the motorway i think i've actually started the first ever groundhog day episode of gareth jones on speed here hello again since i spoke to you last i have probably added 120 miles to my journey without getting any closer to north wales <laughs> i suddenly realized in a glaring moment of clarity that i'd left my computer back in london i was at bedford at the time heading north on the m1 and i realized i couldn't do these next few days without my computer because i've got to upload an episode of gareth jones on speed which i've already edited so i bit the bullet did the whole turn round on the roundabout thing and headed back to London and now I'm on the road back up to North Wales uh, I'm a little bit beyond where I was previously I'm now just approaching the junction of the M1 and M6 I'm still on the M1 that's moving quite slowly so I thought okay here's an opportunity to talk about the car about what I've learned um first of all sport mode yes sport mode because i suddenly discovered i was going to add three hours to my journey i thought i better get a move on and so engaged sport mode which you do in the ionic by grabbing the transmission auto shifter on the transmission tunnel and pushing it to the right and it engages manual mode and the color of your readout changes from blue and white to well what would i call that gold i suppose and red rather pretty and it enables you to use the paddles which this car has to switch up and down between the six ratios available and it came alive i've done this before driven a car for a few days and suddenly realized oh i could try driving it in a different mode and as soon as i engaged sport mode it's a completely different car but i have to say that of the many cars i've driven with many different modes this one the difference between eco mode and sport mode is most pronounced it is very very pronounced and i like that i should point out that there are only two modes as far as i can tell eco and sport there's no normal mode normal best of both worlds dynamic none of that you're either being thrifty or being sporty and when i engaged sport mode and was on the north circular heading back home i was really impressed at the takeoff of this car it's that wonderful thing of an electric motor will get your car rolling from zero faster than many a petrol engine car not all but many and i could spring away with great alacrity Ooh, 
that's a posh word <laughs> hey well done Hyundai making me use the word alacrity yeah man and in fact I sprung away with such alacrity yes I know there's a car behind me and I'm changing lanes that's all right Hyundai Ionic I sprung away with such alacrity I realized I was doing in excess of 60 miles per hour on a road which only had a 50 mile per hour speed limit so I had to back off considerably so there you go it surprised me absolutely surprised me it does have getaway now I think I should compare this car to the most recent hybrid that I drove that Toyota CRH I had for the WRC remember very similar sort of thing hybrid drive but it was an SUV it was tall and front wheel drive this is low and front wheel drive and I rather suspect that this car will be a lot thriftier than the Toyota and I can definitely confirm that this is a bit well quite a bit sportier than the Toyota I didn't like that Toyota it was very cool looking I thought it looked like a coupe it had a lot of style to it whereas this car the Ionic it's a bit more like a Prius you know a city car a, dare I say it an Uber car and that's done it some damage I think the idea that all Ubers are now Priuses has made any car roughly that shape less cool than it should be and the Ionic which does echo the Prius wouldn't say it mimics it but it definitely echoes it probably deliberately to let people know that there is an alternative to the Prius if you want a hybrid and this Hyundai is a very good alternative to the Prius in fact you've got to hand it to Hyundai who are in many ways taking on Toyota at their own game think about it they're making hybrids yeah that's definitely Toyota's territory they're making a car that's very like the Prius well the Prius is you know I think possibly Toyota's best-selling car at the moment Hyundai are also making fuel cell hydrogen powered cars yeah who else is doing that oh Toyota are doing that and Hyundai have recently launched an upmarket sub-brand Genesis who else have an upmarket sub-brand yep I know a lot of companies do but Toyota of course have Lexus so if Hyundai are taking Toyota as a model and trying to beat them at their own game that's a very ambitious thing to do isn't it very ambitious but to be fair a lot of what they do is equal to what Toyota do you can't knock them for their ambition and they're actually pulling it off they kind of remind me of Elon Musk he's ambitious and he's mostly pulling it off at the moment certainly with his rocket stuff less so with the cars you might say but the Model 3 is showing signs of catching up soon but anyway I was talking about comparing this car to that why are you beeping why are you beeping I wish I knew well is it because that BMW X5 was just a little close as he overtook me okay fair enough yeah, I was comparing this car to that Toyota I had and yeah it doesn't look as cool but it's definitely sportier and here's the thing I remember thinking when 
I was on the launch of the Ionic that they'd slightly missed a trick that if they'd made this car as an SUV they would have ticked all the boxes in one car but they are now rolling out the hybrid technology from this car into Hyundai SUVs don't ask me what the name of the Hyundai SUV is I think it's the equivalent of the Kia Nero isn't it I can't quite recall what it's named at the moment but it will come back to me so you know a sporting coupe looking SUV with a hybrid drive rivaling what Toyota are doing would sell very well so good luck to Hyundai with that I'm watching I'm watching closely not just because I get lots of help from Hyundai in that they contact me and offer me cars but I genuinely believe in what they're attempting at the moment taking on Toyota is a very ambitious thing to do and good luck to them because my initial impressions of this car is that they're pulling it off but more on this car as I drive it over the next few days And now on Gareth Jones on Speed, a new segment entitled The Things You Notice When You're Out Driving. Number one, aren't there a lot of Jaguar F paces around? Yes, I know I'm in the West Midlands at the moment, sitting still on the M6, but I have seen very many Jaguar F paces around today. Very, very many. And also, lots of Kia Sportages as well. I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but the Kia Sportage, very good looking car, and you see lots and lots and lots of them. You see a good few Land Rover Discovery Sports as well, but definitely more F paces. Oh, there goes another Kia Sportage as we speak. And uh, the reason I picked up this recorder to say this was that I saw about three, about five minutes ago, and I felt it was worth mentioning. Also, as you're heading north on the M6, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, or even if I've mentioned this on the programme before, but as you get near the sign as you're heading north for the Rico Arena... On your left, there used to be an Alvis Stalwart park. The Alvis Stalwart is the uh, six-wheel military amphibious vehicle. You know I love an amphibian. And this, I think I've described it as a real-world shadow mobile. Yeah. Um, Oh, there goes another F-Pace. The uh, shadow mobile in reality. Imagine how cool that is. And the Alvis Stalwart is the nearest thing we ever got. But now park next to the Alvis Stalwart is a Jaguar and I don't mean an F-Pace or an E-Type I mean a Sepcat Jag yeah the REF plane it looks so cool and I think it's got a sign next to both vehicles that said Delta Force not quite sure what Delta Force was was that a TV series I don't know about oh hello I've just pulled up alongside an Audi A1 and I can see that the fuel filler 
cover is open and hanging out of it is the fuel filler cap. Now I really feel I should tell the driver of this car about that but as we're now doing 30 to 40 miles per hour on the M6 this might be a little tricky and if someone shouts at this driver they might be a little afraid. Let's see, male or female? Female. Long hair, dark glasses, oblivious. Oh, we're slowing down. We might stop. I think I'm going to have to tell her. Let's see if I can. Hold on. cap is hanging out, the fuel filler is open. Two people in the car, the passenger responded. I hope they do something about it because you don't want vapours out and about like that because yeah those vapours, a heady mix of petrol and air could catch fire. You don't want that. No one was smoking in that car, but here they come alongside me again now. No, no acknowledgement. Oh well, I did what I could. No, no eye contact. She's definitely freaked out by that. Not signalling to exit here. Hey, you do what you can. I told them, and I'm now going to drive as far away from <laughs> as possible. Because if that car goes up in flames, I don't want to be anywhere near it. Right, things you notice whilst you're driving number 25. Oh, here we are. I'm now passing a transport with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Toyota CHRs on it like the one I took to Wales Rally GB and I was comparing it to this car just a little bit earlier on better looking cooler car than the Ionic but probably not as sporty a drive so there we go things you notice while you're out driving oh there's another F-Pace <laughs> My lane's come to a complete standstill now and that little Audi with the fuel filler open and the petrol cap hanging out has just driven past me again. So I've got no intention of pulling over and trying to find out what on earth it was the lunatic in the Hyundai was trying to tell them. But I realised that perhaps it's not quite as dangerous a situation as it could be. It's an Audi TDI which means it's a diesel and diesel fumes slightly less volatile than petrol fumes I would imagine yes Audi fuel filler update because I know you were keen to know I just managed to catch up with them again and indicated in the chap in the passenger seat put his thumbs up to show that he understood what was going on and eventually I watched them they pulled over on the hard shoulder 
with their hazard warning lights on and are now well I couldn't see but I assume they got out of the car and saw what was going on and fixed that hooray I will now continue my journey less concerned about the safety and welfare of everyone else around me and I'm sure you will too <laughs> you're a chosen speed Hello again, I am no longer on the M6, I am now on the A55 in North Wales, heading east from where I was staying last night in Conwy with friends and uh, enjoying some home-brewed cider. Well, cider, fantastic. But I was just carrying a friend of mine whose place I was staying at last night and she said, oh, this is a nice car, noticing the Hyundai Ioniq. What's it like to drive, she said. I said, well, I don't really know because you don't really have to drive this car if you don't want to. What do you mean? So I showed her the driver assist. I engaged the adaptive cruise control and the lane assist software, which means you can take your feet off the pedals and take your hands off the steering wheel for short periods if you want. And it's amazing what you get used to because... I'm quite used to driver assist and degrees of autonomy in cars now, but Carol, who'd never seen this before, was utterly aghast that I could take my hands off, albeit for brief moments, and it would follow the two white lines of the lane. There it is, reminding me after about, I think, six seconds or ten seconds, I have to touch the steering wheel again, so I'm holding on to it now. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what you get used to. Aren't cars wonderful? And I'm on my way now to see some more wonderful cars because just over 12 months ago I was up in North Wales for an event and a friend of mine said, oh, you got to meet my pal John Wilcox because he works with cars and he'll like the cars he works with. And this chap, John Wilcox, pulled out his phone and showed me a string of pictures of some marvellous classic cars, mostly but not exclusively Americana American cars from as early I'd say as, I don't know, the late 1930s perhaps and lots of 50s, 60s and 70s beautifully restored classic American cars and customised cars and it turns out that John Wilcox has got a place called Penguin Speed Shop Speed clues in the name so I thought, right, that sounds like my kind of thing. He said, come along and see what we do. And as it turns out, this Penguin Speed Shop is less than a mile away from where my brother and one of my sisters and my mother used to live in North Wales, near a little place called Trelawney. They're actually in a village called Sarn, which if you're not Welsh, you probably pronounce Sarn, but it's Sarn if you're Welsh, you've got to roll the R. So, I've never been to the Penguin Speed Shop before. I've got to find it, but I have every confidence that the sat-nav will get me close enough to find this place, and uh, we'll go and see the work that John Wilcox does at the Penguin Speed Shop, and we can drool over some gorgeous classic cars together. For the next part of Gareth Jones on Speed, Gareth will be talking about a number of cars at the Penguin Speed Shop. And if you'd like to see pictures of those cars, then please go to the webpage for episode 
335 of this podcast at garethjones.tv. Who'd have thought in the silence of the beautiful Flintshire countryside, well, apart from the barking guard dogs of course that there was a speed shop here i've just arrived at a farm which i must have passed a thousand times as a boy i used to play around here as you know some of my family lived very close to this um you come to the back of the farm and you find a big car park area with some interesting cars there's a focus st here there's an Audi A3 that's been slightly modded with Klein stuff all over it and Ram Air stickers on it. Yeah, looks nice. And two black classic cars parked outside. One which I think is possibly a standard or is it a Morris? It's a Morris 8. How about that? A Morris 8 from oh, 1940s. Beautiful. It's for sale, I think. It's got, I don't know. It's got a sign in the window with all the detail. 1938. Morris 8. What a car. Park next to that, a trailer. And park next to the trailer, I think what must be a Chevy pickup of the 1940s. What is it? A, yeah, Chevy 3600. Looking amazing with all sorts of bars over it with lights on the end of the bars. And it looks like it's been modded to run an LPG. It's got a big tank on the bed at the back. Immaculately done. So it's clear that John Wilcox specialises in older stuff. He doesn't just do older stuff, but he specialises there. I came in a minute ago and they made me a cup of tea and I'm going to pick that up. And John was keen to give me the tour, but I'm not going to let him do the tour until I've started recording. So we get it all at the same time, in real time. They're doing some work at the moment. Oh, another cup of Chevy, a Hornet. I don't see many hornets outside. A big old Chevy from about, ooh, 62, is that an Impala? 62 Impala SS. Man, AMC Hornet, you don't see many of them. So I hope I'm painting a picture for you of the kind of things we can expect inside. Hiya, Megan. They're knocking down walls here at the moment. They're converting the place. So they've got even more space for their work. John? How long have you been doing this here? How long have you been here? Been here about seven years now. Seven years? Yeah. And were you doing this somewhere else before you came here? Yeah, yeah, just locally around the corner, but we needed more space. So right. we went double the size. So did you buy or rent this space? No, we rent it. I wish we could buy it, but we rent it. And how much space have you got here? Do you know in feet? Yeah, we've got 7,000 square foot. Right, you can do a lot with that, can't we? We can do a hell of a lot with 7,000 square foot. So tell me what it is exactly you do. What's the core of your business? Right, we do hot rods, customs, low riders, modified and everything in between. And we've recently branched out into more graphic design and sign work and custom finishes. So you do everything here, not just the paint finish, but you do the fabrication of bits? We do everything except the trimming. We bring a trimmer in. Right. So we have in-house paint now. We have in-house fabrication. We've got English wheels, so we do everything traditionally by hand. Wow. Yeah. The so, real thing. Yeah, if you can think it, we can make it. You're craftspeople here, then, yeah, aren't you? that's what we are. We're a, quite a dissident bunch of people. We're all different, but that's what makes us right. All right, well, put your brush down. Give us the tour. Where do we start? Okay. What have you got to right. show me? Okay. What's going to impress Let's me? start with the cars. Okay, yes, yeah, start with the cars. It's all about the cars. Okay. So what's your personal history then were you a fan of custom cars as a kid or something yeah my father started this business after he demobbed from the war so he was an aircraft fitter and he demobbed from the war 
and he set himself up in business as a coach builder. All right. So he was building bodies with his business partner, Frank. After school, I was going in there helping him and learning how to use the English wheel and how to sign right and how to pinstripe. And as I got older, I liked American cars, and he hated them. So eventually he gave me a corner of the shop and let me build my hot rods. And he solely got into them when the coach market died. He moved into the American cars, right. started importing them, customising them. And as I got older, he gave me half the business. And when he retired and passed on, I've now given half of it to my son. God, yeah. fantastic. It's yeah. a proper family yeah, business. so it's then. third generation, yeah. Come on, let's have a look what's under here. There's a car under a beautifully tailored cloth here. Oh. This is a it's a Model A. A Ford Model A from 1928. Let me try and describe it for you, because you're not seeing the pictures. You might see this in the Monsters. Do you remember the Monsters in the 1960s TV series? A classic hot rod, an exposed engine utterly chromed there's my phone ringing would you believe it hang on i gotta turn my phone off this always happens stand by oh i'll come back to that at another time where were we a beautifully finished engine so did you finish that engine yourself yeah yeah that's a 5.7 small box chevy with a hampton supercharger on it so that's producing what three four hundred brake horsepower. About that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more than the car can take. <laughs> <laughs> it runs on cross plies. It's a very interesting drive. Oh, that's a lively yeah. day out, yeah. isn't it? We call it a toe twitcher because you can't press the accelerator. You've just got to twitch your toes and it goes. It's a bum twitcher yeah. as well, yeah, I would imagine. A, yeah. it's, wow. very, it's very lively. What we've done with this is, it's an extended cab, no roof, obviously. Yeah. We turn it into a fleet side. So what we've done is we've made these side panels just to close it off to make it look different and the stake beds would so just put the name on it but this is very much a traditional hot rod in every sense the classic the narrow front wheels exposed cross flies on the rear yep. hubcaps immaculately finished john i can't tell you how beautiful this is just look at me that color i would probably describe that as bourneville i think they would call that color it's yeah a... what it does is in the sun it flips so it goes from black through to purple wow so as the light hits it it's not a modern flip paint yeah. It has a twist in it. So when you put this under show lights, it's not black, it's not purple. But as you walk, the paint moves with you. Right. And is yeah. this your car or is it for a customer? No, no, this is a shop car. Right. This is one that we built. Anyone can say, this is what we can do. But it's easy to say, this is what we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. much easier. So did you build this from scratch or was it already a, no, a custom what, car? What, no, no, what we do is we bought in the body and the frame and the bed. And then what we do is we set about customising it then, making it what we want it to be. So all these are fabricated in here. This is fabricated in here. Talking about the rear body panels here. Yeah, Yeah. and and you've got to put your own twist on it. Yeah. But to make a body like this would just be biblical. Yeah, It's easy just to buy them, to be honest. The engine is a crate engine that we strip down and rebuild to take the supercharger. And what will you do with this? Will you sell it? Will you tour it as a PR thing? No, we're just going to drive it now. It's finished its time on the show circuit. We're just going to have fun with it now. Great. But the underneath is exactly the same as the top. It's all polished underneath. There's a full set of fenders and running boards in there. Bonnet, if we want to use it. Not that I ever would, but they're there. We're just going to run it now. It's at its time. We're just going to enjoy it. Good. You don't just make these as works of art. They're functional operating machines, aren't they? Well, they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. This one behind you is a 1950 Mercury. Oh, right. Let me stand back a bit from this. A 1950 Mercury sedan. It's a Montre two-door. Montre. And it's obligatory roof chop. 
So it's lost, what, four inches off the height no, of the windows? No, no, no. It's lost two at the front yeah. and three at the back. Right. Oh, oh, and you've completely gutted it. You're going to put in your own seats that you've yeah, this made is or modded, were car, bought. Cars go in gold. Yeah. Full white interior. Yeah. Leather. Full white underneath. White engine. White engine bay. White boot. And it's going on aircraft hydraulics from the 40s. Aircraft hydraulics. Yeah. You'll be able to move it up and down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get your inspiration from? You read magazines or you've got an idea? No one's done that. Well, I don't know. It's just the cars themselves just evolve, don't they? But the difficulty is you can't copy. You take inspiration from other people. And there's a lot of good people out there. And you take inspiration and you think, oh, I like that, I like that, but I'd like it to be this. So you want a competition circuit with your cars? We used to be. We don't do it anymore. No. I'm too old. Right, too stressful, is it? Can't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you the trophy room. Yeah, go on. Come on, the trophy room. Right. That's Percy. Percy the penguin. He's wearing a leather flight helmet or motorcycle helmet and a pair of goggles. He's cute. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. There's an XJS here that's been worked on as well. Actually, I should have brought my Sora. I've got an old Toyota Sora, John. Perhaps you could tidy that up for me. I think you do a lovely job. Oh. Just walked into another room and they say, what's that, a 62 L... Uh, no. No, this is this. What is it? This is a 65 Impala. This is an Impala SS outside, I noticed. Yeah, that's just something. This is mine. This is on hydraulics. This is a full-blown so road. You drive around like a Latino, popping it up and down, do you? He's taking the covers off. It's finished in pink metal flake, which evolves to a purple graphic casino-based design on the lower half. This is art. It's where art and engineering cross over, John, isn't it? Well, let me explain the car. Most people have tattoo sleeves. Yeah. Well, these are my sleeves. So this side of the car is the past. So that's my father there. So to be on this side, you've got to be dead. All right? Right. So that's my father. Yeah. That's my mother. Yeah. There is various (laughs) ex-wives. Um, <laughs> these are all beautiful paintings. And do you paint these yourself? You've got an artist who does this. We have a Bulgarian comes over. Lovely guy. Yeah. Crazy Bulgarian. Good and, artist. Oh, he's brilliant. And the paint was done locally by a company called Lakeside. And Mark and Gemma, they were brilliant. The bulk of this is done by Yasin, which, again, he's absolutely phenomenal. And then we do bits and pieces. So these are, I should say, explain, you know, they're beautiful kind of 1950s artwork. It looks like Sophia Loren and people like that painted on the side in a very sort of 50s style. He's captured it, isn't what you yeah. need, isn't it? Well, my dad was typical of the era. He right. was very charismatic. He was a drinker, a gambler, a womanizer. But you couldn't not like him. Yeah. <laughs> What's was, not to like? He, he was phenomenal. Um, so this side is that. Now, if you cheer yourself up on the back. Okay, round the back. Favourite burlesque dancer on. You've got a favourite burlesque yeah, yeah, dancer. Yeah. Who's that then? Dita Von Tees. Right, beautiful. Yeah. I met her last year in Houston. Too. Oh, how happy were yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> and on the boot of the car. On, on the boot, this is my trip to Vegas. So, what you've got, if you can picture it, four showgirls. Yeah. And each one of these is a suite of playing cards. Yeah? Right. Queens, Aces, Clubs. There's another traditional Las Vegas sticker over there more strippers and I lost my house in 10 days you're joking and that depicts me losing my house in 10 days so you take after your dad then as a yeah, bit, of, yeah, bit yeah. of a gambler then yes. now, this is current it's what this is the current this, this is the present this side yeah. of the car yeah. it's all about the present there's me and you've got the penguin beak I yeah, see yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Now, if you notice the penguins are different 
these penguins are different. Right, this so, is 21st century penguins. Yes, yeah, so this is a more modern penguin. My father's penguins over there, slightly different penguins. This is my son, Alex. Who's also got a penguin mask. Yeah, but he's the future, so he's in the middle. Right. Where does the name penguin come from? Why? I'll tell you in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) There's a story. (laughs) I bet there is. So that's his wife. That's his mum. And these are my dogs, Oscar and little Henry there. And various Every picture tells a story. And this picture tells your entire family's life story. current Mrs. Wilcox there. God bless her. Current. (laughs) (laughs) Ongoing, I hope. And on the front is, again... All of the fleets of cards, the queens out of all the cards, with a crazy penguin in the middle. It's your own universe that you've invented here, isn't it? Well, you have to leave something. Yeah. I think we've probably got, I would say, two and a half thousand hours in paint on this car. Wowee. How many cars have you done over the years? Have you any idea? I've lost count. Really? Hundreds? Countless. Really? Countless cars. For customers and for yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been building cars. I started fixing pedal bikes, then went to motorbikes, then made enough money and started working my way through. So certain cars I've got in here, one I swapped for a piano when I was 18, and I've still got it. I just don't see the point of selling them. They become part of the family. Yeah, when you've invested so much energy into something, you can't let it go, can you? It's worth more to you than money, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, this one is fully set up on hydraulics. So this is what controls it in the boot. He's going to open up the boot and show me the hydraulic controls. Oh, my trousers, it's full. You've got one, two, three, four valves, one for each corner. Yeah. All the batteries. Three batteries, yeah. six batteries. Yeah. Is that a regulator of some kind? No, they're chargers. They're chargers charge. batteries. But this is quite a mild low rider. This is called a lay-and-play car. So what it does is it bounces and dances about. Right. Um, and we, is that all switch-operated on the dash? Yeah, no, it's all on a box, a separate box. Right. But... You get these where you'll have four of these pumps instead of two, and they're called hoppers. I see. So the, the front or the rear. Yeah, hopper. and, they, and they, they'll go vertical. Right. Um, <laughs> or they'll stand there with a wheel up in the air and drive on three wheels. Yeah. Now, obviously, the amount of money we've put in the paint on this one and the time yeah. and the effort, I certainly don't want to do that. Do you spend a lot of time in the States? I go twice a year for maybe a couple of months at a time. I buy my stock, buy my cars, and come back. And who are the real innovators? Who are the stars in classic cars these days? In custom cars, sorry. I think the, the problem you've got is that from when I started, a hot rod was a hot rod. Yeah. You built it as cheap as you could. Yeah. Now what they've turned into is like that black pickup truck that we've got in there. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I would much prefer people with a car that they built themselves, yeah. that they've built it, not bought it. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, I, I'm yeah. in business selling the things. Yeah. But we have customers that come in here and we work on a barter system. They do for us, we do for them. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, what do they call it? Freakonomics. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I don't believe that if you can't afford it, but you have a true passion for it, you should still have access to it. Oh, man. My father was the same. Let me show you the other end of the spectrum. Okay, right. yeah. Other end of the spectrum. Yeah, what could that be? Following him into a... Is this your paint shop? Yeah. There. Right. A sealed room at the end. Again, excuse the mess. It's a building. Oh, right, hey. This Working progress. Building. Oh, Oh, Okay. E-type. 1966 Series 2. Oh. Roadster. And again, this came in as a basket case. Now, if I'm honest with you, this is where our future is in these. This more, is where the more, money is, then? More, well, I think so, yeah. I've sold my soul, probably, but I've got a business to run. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But I think this is the future. So doing classic cars supports your addiction for custom cars, am yeah, I right? Does, yeah, in effect, yes. Yeah. But again... To me, this is a beautiful car. Yes, it is. And if you compare it now 
to what it was when it came in. Right. It's been reborn. And have you repaired every panel, recut panels? We work with various local people. So this was painted by a guy named Taff, who's been painting these things for donkey's years. Right. A grumpy Taff. A lovely <laughs> fella, but very grumpy. <laughs> but, again, he knows these things like the back of his hand. Uh-huh. So what we found is that we've been here, or been going for quite a time now, so you get to know your subcontractors, uh-huh. and you stick with them. Uh-huh. Um, might take a bit longer, might be a bit more expensive, but you know it's right. I should paint the picture for you. It is a E-type Roadster from 66. It's in blue, the colour blue that they raced at Le Moyne, if I remember, right. in the 1950s. Right. They raced a D-type in, in, mm. in the 1950s with chromed spoked wheels. Mm. Beautiful. I don't want to touch it. I don't, you know, I have to get my greasy, filthy hands on it. The interior is trimmed in red leather. And is this to a, your spec? You haven't got a customer no, no, for this? No, it's a customer's car. It's a customer's car. Yeah. So he came, he said, look, I found this old Hulk. No, he was, he was driving it around. He said, look, I want it done. I want right. it right. And when he came in, it, the offside wheels were an inch and a half closer than the near side wheels. Really? So that had a shunt up this back corner. Oh, really? So when we took all the filler and the paint off it, it was dreadful. But it's all done now. Everything's back to metal. There's not a lot of filler in it, lots of lead. And it's done right. How long have you had the car? We've had it just over a year now. And as you can see, it's virtually at the buttoning up phase. Yeah. So yeah. once the interior's in, yeah. final cut on the paint, put all the new chrome back on it, yeah. out for the summer. So that would have been 18 months. Yeah. And can I ask how much it costs, or is that a rude question? It's a rude question, okay. but it was half the price of everybody else. <laughs> because he's a mate, or because no, he loves the car? No, it's, I think our overheads are a lot lower. Right. And we're in a converted chicken chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, and we yeah. do like the cars first. Yeah, yeah. You're Lovely. looking at just over 50. 50 quid. That's yeah, a bargain. Yeah, 50 grand, really. car's worth probably 130. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the investment that you make in a car like this these days, it's yeah. only going to skyrocket, isn't yeah. it? If you've got the cash to work on it at the moment. Everything's being done front oh, to back. He's opened up the bonnet, revealing that classic straight six, which is nicely finished, isn't beautiful, it? beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> beautiful. Oh, I've never been in any type. When this is ready to roll, I'm going to come back and make <laughs> sure I get a ride before it goes to the customer. <sighs> Man, last time I spoke to you, you were on your way to a competition, I think, an exhibition or something. You were taking yeah. some cars. Yeah. So do you use exhibitions to advertise your wares? Is that what you do these we, days? We do and we don't anymore. We've been going so long now. I'm closer to 60 than 50. Uh-huh. So I'm at that point in my life where I'm in it for the love. Yeah. Uh, my son's taking the business over and he's expanding it into different areas. He's a lot younger, he's 25. He likes his modern cars. So he's going more down the modified route as opposed to the traditional customer. I saw... It was on his Audi out there. No, that's no. our apprentices. OK. Yeah, we made him wrap it himself Yeah. after we trained him in wrapping. That was his reward, if you like. Right, yeah, yeah. And we provided everything, and he went away and did it. So the services you provide here, you'll bring an old car back from the dead, you'll customise something from scratch, you'll mod contemporary cars. Yeah. Do you do electronics and what here? There's not much in the way of electronics. We've got the full diagnostic sets for all the, the American cars up to 2000 and. 17 we've got all the diagnostic tablets for the modern european um asian cars we've got all of that so alex has been through all the courses for that he's a master technician so he spent five years at college learning about modern cars this is your son yeah we also remap cars and we do performance modifications enhancements suspension steering brakes exhausts on modern cars right that's where i think alex is going to take the business 
And he's quite right to do that. I took it a different direction when my father gave it to me. Um, he's recently set up like a haulage business as well, so he's moving cars about with recovery trucks, which he's enjoying greatly. Um, we've got him a check shirt and a Yorkie bar, but he's enjoying that. <laughs> I think he just gets him out of the shop. But, you know, he's a good lad. But you think we're in rural North Wales. You have to be diverse to survive. You, know, you can't survive on American cars. So that's why we've got the hot rods, the customs, the low riders, the modified, the classics. And the skill sets are the same for them all. The basic skill sets are the same. And what I think we bring that's different is we bring old school charm to new cars. So when we modify or customise a modern car, it's done in an old school way. It's not fibreglass and foam, it's metal. Yeah. And they look completely different. When we put air rides in things, it's all hard lined. The installs are all really attractive installs and that's the difference so we take it up a notch and we've started putting hydraulics on modern cars now really yeah so there's a mark two escort down there estate yeah. that's going on hydraulics oh lovely i'd like um, to see that so it's just trying to do different things that will enhance what we do as a business i think you've got to be diverse the graphic side of the business is taking off so we're adding our unique touch to vehicle graphics lorry graphics shops pubs restaurants that type of thing and we have Mark that does that. You've got skills that spread out outside of cars now. Like as well. I say, you've got to. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. vinyl and cars go together. So a lot of the modified cars, rap is a big thing at the moment. The vinyl, not the music. I can't stand the music. <laughs> um, but, but what we do with vinyl is completely different. So instead of buying just flat wrap, we've invested 930000 in a printer to actually print wrap. Right. So if you can think it, we can print it. Wow. So you can have whatever you want on your car. Oh. And instead of it being layered graphics, it's a solid wrap. So that little racing Clio is going to have a full printed wrap on it. Right. It'll look phenomenal. It's changed your world, doesn't it? Being able to wrap things. You can print and paint instantly, oh, yeah. can't yeah. you? Yeah, well, if you look at this, hours, thousands of hours with an airbrush. Yeah. Thousands of hours masking, you know, just to do the bonnet. Yeah. Before we put the airbrush on it, took two of us. Sorry, I should point out, this is your Cadillac with your life story painted yeah, on yeah. it. It's all hand-painted. Yeah. But a wrap you can print in a couple of hours? We could have wrapped this side in a day. Right. OK, you've got space here for, what, 25 cars, perhaps, something yeah. like that? Yeah. What's happening next? Do you know where the next job's coming from? Oh, yeah, we've got plenty. We're reasonably well booked now. But again... We are looking to get out of the full restorations and do more of the modifications. Right. Yeah. And we've got 59 Caddy over there, which is I convertible. I can see that with those lovely fins. Yeah. And again, she came in as a dog and she's going out as a beauty queen. <laughs> uh, but again, there's 12 months work into that. Right. But she's beautiful. That's, again, it's, if it's in this end of the shop, yeah. it's virtually finished. So you've got, what, two permanent staff here and your son and people no, who come and go? No, no. We have six full time. And that covers the painting through to the cars, through to the fabricating. Then we ship in subcontractors right. as and when we need them. Yeah. And that's the only way we can do it. John, tell me the address of your website. It's www.penguinspeedshop.com. And if anyone listening to Gareth Jones and Speed needs some custom work or just their car bringing back from the dead, I can recommend the work that they do here. Have a look at the website. And John, thank you for the tour, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Oh, likewise, a pleasure walking in your... Art gallery. Can we have a brew now? Yeah, good plan.
can hear that John's been warming up one of the cars. <laughs> Plenty of wheel spin. That's his uh, Impala SS that he's uh, moving out to the front yard for me. Spraying gravel as he goes, because I'm going to take a picture of that car with my little Hyundai for the programme. He also told me the reason why it's called Penguin. Apparently... John's father had a bit of a reputation for chasing the ladies and being caught with his trousers around his ankles looking rather like a penguin <laughs> that's where the name comes from now you know that beeping tells you that I've been launched back into the future from those wonderful cars of the past. Once again I'm driving my, well it's not even mine, but I'm not even driving, I've been driven by the Hyundai Ioniq now on the M1 heading south. I'm on my way back to London having finished all my duties up in North Wales and I handed over responsibility for driving largely to this car to let it make the decisions for me using its driver assistance and all that which it does really well we used to think that autonomy on cars was a pretty special thing it wasn't that long ago that we encountered it at any great level on cars and it was only very expensive cars that had it then it was cheaper cars and now it's possibly all cars when you can buy a humble hyundai that has the ability to take the strain away from a driver then the autonomous functions of cars are going to spread amongst just about everything how long before we see a dacia with driver assistance eh it could happen but you know what as is often the case when i get a car to review for gareth jones on speed if it has driver assistance i tend to spend an awful lot of time talking about that rather than the car itself it tends to literally take over driving and literally take over the car so let me see what can i tell you about this car that i haven't already told you in terms of ergonomics it's pretty good i did not fiddle to find a comfortable seating position kind of straight out of the box a little bit of tweaking lots of power adjust on angle height all the important stuff the ergonomics of the car is very good you've got a nice big screen but below it and here's the bonus lots of proper buttons which means you can call up the function you want rather having to scroll through thousands of menus so you've got from left to right a radio button a media button a phone button an up down button a map button an information button and a settings button and below all that of course you've got basic controls for heating if i had a criticism about the ergonomics on this car it would be that the switch that allows you to engage or disengage the lane keeping system is down on a panel to the right of the steering wheel in order to find it you have to look around the steering wheel there is no way of seeing that without looking around the steering wheel i'd like that to be somewhere a little more obvious also some of the switches on the steering wheel in terms of trying to find the trip reset believe me that was tricky 
really obvious when I found it, but it wasn't immediately obvious, it wasn't intuitive. Now that I've worked out the trip, I can give you a calculation on the economy of this car. It's given me around about 58 miles to the gallon, and that's a mixture of a little bit of London, an awful lot of motorway, and some quickly stuff in North Wales, driving around in sport mode rather than eco mode. And just revisiting what I said about the performance of the car, yeah, it's got plenty of grunt, it's quite quick. I'd like to know what the figures are. It's not the steeriest car that you might hope. It's a slightly longer wheelbase and you realise, you know, I bet it's longer than the average Focus class, approaching sort of Insignia kind of class. So it's not quite as manoeuvrable as you might expect. But really great, and a good indication of, I think, pretty much where every car is going to be in less than five years. We'd all like to drive a pure electric car, it's just not possible for all of us because most of us don't have off-street parking which means you can charge at home and if you're doing lots of long journeys there's always that feeling that unless you've got a car with at least a 250 mile electric range then you might like to have a range extender or an internal combustion engine to take the stress when you're on those long journeys. I don't mean the stress of the driving, the stress of the recharging. So, we've been saying this for a long time, hybrids are here to stay, hybrids are becoming more widespread. There's still going to be a period in all our lives where we're all driving hybrids rather than pure electric cars. Cars very much like this Hyundai Ioniq. Enough respect to Hyundai for taking on the Giants Toyota and fair play delivering it's not a hundred percent seamless if I'm honest when it switches between both systems the electric and the internal combustion motor at the same time and switching to pure electric or to the electric motor joining in when you need a bit of thrust it ain't seamless and it ain't instant but it's very good and I guess you only notice its crudeness when you demand a lot of it when you try and drive it like a sporting car which it's never meant to be although of course having that electric motor it does have extra grunt when you need it yeah very very satisfying I hope you've enjoyed listening to me getting to know the Ionic, the next Hyundai I get to drive it's going to be the i30N which by all accounts is very very good but I will tell you when I've driven it which I don't know when it's going to happen but for the moment I'm enjoying having the Ionic largely but not exclusively drive me home I've been Gareth and this has been Gareth Jones on Speed see ya to send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!